yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that the the one thing that we know about supporting uh, black people is that you know you can support us. But no, honestly, like I, it, it, it's, it's a, you know, no, I, I joke, I joke. We do a lot of joking on this show. We tell a lot of you know ha ha's, do a lot of bits, do a lot of you know sketches, like all that, or um, I don't know what's the, what, what's another sketch show, um, Mad TV. Yeah, so like you know we do stuff like that in living color, but like you know I, I feel I feel honestly a little earnest this week. I, I don't feel like I want to do any irony. I don't feel like I want to you know I want to African American pill anybody. Uh, I I feel you know just like you know it's obviously a very terrifying time. You know I'm not scared because I have ADHD, so I don't get scared. But like you know. I can recognize it's a very turbulent time. Despite that, it, it, it has it very much has the energy of like the opening montage to a dystopian film, like a that you'd see a bunch of like a you know hastily edited together like news clips, like oh the cure for cancer is found, turns out causes zombies or blah blah blah. It has that feeling to it because so much is happening. But I I have a certain amount of hope and positivity in my heart just seeing. Honestly, seeing all these white people burn shit down in the name of black lives, you know, I, that's that like that really means a lot to me. Like that, that's the kind of white allyship. Did you see those people in Greece almost burn down the American yes. embassy? That yes. like that's that kind. That's that kind. <laughs> that, that's that. That's that allyship. I don't. You know, I don't do. You know, I think you know, ally discourse can be a little liberal, but you know, if we're going <laughs> to talk about it, like I think that's a, a fair starting point. Yeah, I, I gotta say, the burning cop cars is a lot better on the timeline than the, the violence from police against black people that I was seeing prior to the burning of the cop cars. So yeah, I, I, the, it does concern me that there's a part of society that's more bothered by the burning cop cars than the bloody and beaten black people. But I, well, know. I mean, to be honest, not as big a not as big a part as you'd imagine, right? They did that poll and they said that like 54 percent of people felt that burning down that fucking police station was worthwhile. Now, that being said, obviously, the cops are doing a lot of like burning of their own shit, obviously, um, you know, yeah, destroying was, evidence and such going destroying evidence, <laughs> you know, like, like uh, planting evidence like we've seen them like literally put protesters hands on weapons to justify beating them on camera uh so like you know they're up to a lot of dirt but like even though they're doing stuff like that to arguably as to shape public opinion in their favor it's it's i mean it's not working i mean it's obviously people are still sort of you know up in the air but there is a, a lot of people who are just like i think fed up with cops in a way you haven't seen in there's a looming threat of the support for the military coming in and cleaning it up, but uh, I I agree that the the public support uh, for you know holding cops accountable has been positive. I think it's interesting. I mean, right, being from the Seattle area and then going back to Seattle, Seattle doesn't protest. Like <laughs> Seattle have people out for like a couple of days at most at Westlake, and then everybody goes home and is like, yeah, we did a great job, but just kind of fucking circle jerks. To see Seattle out here for going on a week of consistent fucking shit up, burning shit down, protests, it's been amazing. Well, they, they put a hurting towards the Seattle's protest after the WTO yeah, stuff. I was just about to say, yeah, I remember seeing that on the news live, and it was just fucking crazy. 
every day like we know we there are just new stories not only of uh beatings and assaults and cop related incidents that are happening at these protests you know but you know obviously like just it's reopening a lot of old wounds for like cases that just got you know buried when there was more you know just more stuff going on like i think we have to admit that there is this is a a unique opportunity and a unique time for like this information to come out and for people to be so you know it's a very volatile time like a lot there's no real new news to bury it everything is still for the past six weeks has been coronavirus and now like this is the first real news of the post-coronavirus and it's, it's a sort of a perfect storm in my opinion well i mean the wildest thing is coronavirus is still a major issue right it is so, like, yeah. the seattle area we're seeing like an, we're getting back to 100 additional cases a day right now which this is these are cases that are being reported from quarantine times and like looking at the projections um from UW prior to the prior even to the rebellion you saw an upward trend of people of coronavirus cases in the Seattle area and I think that's true for New York I think that's true for LA I think that's true for every big city in the United States right we never really fully shut down interstate commerce never stopped so sick people continue to travel around get other people sick and now you've got a pandemic on one hand outright rebellion on the other hand which i'm so fucking here for it's been great but people also like right are still out of work you got 40 million people unemployed so you've got time now like that's the biggest thing is police fucked around and you know found out we got time today we got time to really sit down and just consistently and consistent and just you know keep this pressure up continue to be out there continue to hit the streets continue to demand change right and not give up until shit's actually different yeah i mean i think that's an important point to highlight i mean obviously we're going to talk about you know like the things that could go wrong because like there are infinite number of things that could go wrong right all this energy could be co-opted into sort of like an obama-esque like d-ray style like eight point plan <laughs> to uh to like i don't know I, I swear to god when i read the list the first thing i thought was like wow it it, it must have taken a lot of self-control not to just put like don't be racist on this list of like eight rules but uh you know i think adair is right you know like it, people are in the streets every day they have all the time in the world and apparently cops don't like you know they're saying i mean at least you can't really believe conservative uh, you know news about like what cops are going through obviously but you know they're saying that there are six p an average of six nypd officers quitting a day yeah you know cool and i, you know, mm. <laughs> I hope they're cleaning out the office before they go home <laughs> I hope they're. I hope they're not. I hope they. I hope. I hope they just leave their shit on the floor. Like, I didn't mean their room. shit. I just meant taking shit. <laughs> Clean out evidence lockers. Leave all that shit behind. Walk out that building, butt ass naked. You a new you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Ne we will never talk about. We will never talk about this again. When we spoke last time, I and I don't think any of us thought like it was going to continue for this long, no. or that we would start seeing. You know, I know, right? And or that it would be getting so much popular support. Like, I, I mean, I thought it would have fizzled out, and that's, you know, that's just me being pessimistic, maybe, but it seems like, you know, the thing that people are criticizing it for, you know, and, and I say people broadly speaking, because I've seen, like, a lot of people criticize it for a lot of things, but the particular criticism I've been seeing is that, like, you know, it's not anti-capitalist, it's not enough, it's not, you know, it's not... Uh, Cons or right, it's not coherent enough, or in its demands, is like kind of the same thing that's given it a longevity that it otherwise would have lacked. 
because this is just people like this is not like a theory or people engaging rationally with whether or not it's going to succeed or not in order to determine whether it's worth doing. This is people who are just like viscerally upset by the fact that we have roving bands of unaccountable, just fucking thick necked gorillas killing people indiscriminately because that shit is upsetting and i know like we make fun of liberals all the time because like we ain't because like they fucking, they suck. fucking suck but like you know <laughs> they like and they do suck but like they do tend at least like the rank and file like, everyday people to have like good impulses they're just easily led astray because they have sheep brains and so if you put enough like cops just wailing on old ass people in front of them it will make them feel bad they might not know what to do with those feelings because that's been robbed of them but like like they like they'll like i mean eventually they take to the streets too like they or if not they don't take to the streets they don't like call out hard enough against people taking districts they just support them from their you know from from the sidelines if all they can do is not be an impediment then honestly that's the best thing we can hope for yeah well i mean part part of what i think is actually starting to push this unfortunately is that more people are starting to feel like they're being affected by police violence and they are right you know you're seeing images of uh protesters getting beat by police and i was just uh looking through the the timeline on Twitter and found a video of Des Moines police raiding a gay bar and using the curfew as an excuse. And so you're starting to see police, you know, really do what they've always done, but they're doing it more frequently into more people. And so now you've got a lot of liberals who are starting to think, well, maybe I might get in trouble. Maybe, you know, I, they no longer feel protected and safe by the police. When really, you know, police were never there to make anybody but capital feel safe. That's all they did. And that's why you see such a like such a huge difference in the kinds of protests. Both Rich and I went to a protest in Tacoma. Uh, it's about 30 miles south of Seattle, and it's one of the cities that has the highest per capita uh, amount of black folks in Washington State. Like we, Tacoma and Kent, are the two areas where black folks are concentrated in the state of Washington. Tacoma had a protest. No police showed up. There was a plane that was going overhead. It was probably one of those, you know, little stingray planes. They intercept cell metadata and all that other fun stuff and a drone, but there was no clashes with police. There was no cops in riot gear. There was no cops. There was no, you know, National Guard or anybody like that, mostly because in though in a predominantly black city and a predominantly black neighborhood, there's no capital to protect. That's why you saw cops stopping people from going to Manhattan. That's why you saw cops lose their shit in Seattle because as soon as you get downtown, Westlake is like the epicenter of Seattle capital. There's a lot of upscale businesses down there. That's where a lot of, you know, wealthy, petite bourgeoisie people like to go and shop. And that's so immediately police come through and they pull, they protect capital. And you're seeing it happen everywhere. That's all they give a shit about. They don't give a fuck about you. And that's something that we've really got to try to hammer home, especially with a lot of the liberals and those of you who are sharing this podcast with your well, I mean, it's friends. being, I mean, even more so than the podcast, even more so than theory. And this is this is always going to be the case. You know, if you are actually, you know, engaging with materialism, it's just like nothing is more radicalizing than like peacefully protesting and getting pepper sprayed in the face because you suddenly find yourself on the wrong side of capital. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, yep. like that's like, you can learn the theory later. You know, I mean, there was like a little video of a bunch of like, you know, fuck, I think it's like in Maine or something, you know, some, some white state, I, I'll be honest with you, Maine or Delaware or, or like they have their, you know, eccentricities, but I think of them as one unit. Uh, but like, you know, just like having some sort of weird, like almost like mosque-esque, like prayer time, like denouncing of their white privilege. And I was like, yeah, whatever, this is corny as shit. But like these, you know, like 
for this this a thousand, ten thousand like white people, like they took to the streets. You know, like they got out there. You know, they got out there and like yeah, maybe the cops didn't beat them this time, but like I think at a certain point you see enough of these beatings happening on the streets, you gotta figure that's just like that's just luck. Mm -hmm. Like I think that, you know, a lot of people are sort of coming to terms with like what it means to actually see systems that we thought necessarily immovable be suddenly shifted by just mass politics of the revolutionary nature because you know again like that like that potentiality uh you know has been robbed from us in the form of just like people not understanding it's a thing that you you should and you should and can do that actually works but also with the knowledge that it's been robbed from people comes a lack of expectation that it could ever reach the point where it would actually be effective enough to instill the change that it would know that you would expect it to but i mean lapd they're trying to defund them at least a little yeah. bit you know it's a start minneapolis online city council said that they're going to completely dismantle the police yeah they're looking at it yep uh, which is definitely positive and i mean uh, maybe not as bold as d ray's uh you know, discount on police brutality, 70% off or whatever, but T-Mobile sponsored <laughs> Doritos, T-Mobile sponsored <laughs> Dorito branded anti-racism police brutality kit loot box uh, system. <laughs> you know, honestly, like Duray, Duray, I don't, I don't fuck with Duray. Like Duray, they, they're trying to put Duray's face on this. I, 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 don't, I trust Duray less than I trust Sean King. And, that, and so like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I I would. Uh, that's that's just the way it is. But no, please continue, uh, Richard. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, just uh, I mean, I think one of the points you raised about like not having an answer to when they see this violence is uh, becoming abundantly apparent. Recently, there's a video of like an old man getting shoved down and uh, bleeding from the head, and it looked like out of his ears. And uh, like some of the responses are basically from some of the liberals are like, "Oh, they need to call the police." It's like. That that's who did it. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you mean, call the police? Like, the, the the police are the ones who are out here assaulting innocent people for being at the wrong place at the wrong time, arresting people for performing essential jobs, and like for giving people the it's things clipping. that they need. It's it's wild. Good. No, it, it, it's clicking. I'm sorry, interrupt, but it, like it's clicking people's heads. It's like, and I, like I said, it's people lack class analysis, and so like it's it's always going to be hard. But like you know, getting in them in the streets, like with something that like is just disappointing because like yeah you know what like we know that racism is ingrained in america but like a lot of like a lot of people like think it's better yeah. than it actually is i mean to adair's point about like it now it's now affecting people yeah absolutely like they see it they see themselves reflecting in it and again like they this was all that was this was always undeniably the case it's like the police were never there to protect them but now they're finding that out the hard way either through like or the hard way either through like direct confrontation with the police or the you know the i guess the slightly softer way which is just like video after video after story after story of peaceful protesters having the shit kicked out of them you know by yeah <laughs> by my uh, my sister's not very political and like she's she's got two young boys and two jobs and so like she and by young i mean like both of them are under four so she's constantly running around chasing after toddlers and you know she's been texting me going like how the fuck can Cuomo not see the videos of people beating, like cops beating people? Like, how the fuck can he not see that? You have to like put a Google exclusion to not see that. And 
you know, it, it's, it's kind of radicalizing her. You know, she's asking me questions about like, well, why is it that this, why is it that our, our military, look, our cops look like the military? Like, why is this? And so I'm finding it even in my personal life, like people who never contemplated this shit, never looked at this, never realized where we were and, and never examined it. And, and frankly, sometimes like in the case of my sister right now, didn't have the time. It, it's now become all she's thinking about, all she's looking at, all she's lo- reading about and asking me questions about it. So it is radicalizing. I mean, yeah, and it, it, but it absolutely, it absolutely is. But a big part of that too, right, is again, like in this case, right, before people didn't have time. People didn't have the time to sit down and grapple with this. So what in what was happening with the news before is you would have somebody like Cuomo come out and say, well, I haven't seen any of this. And people are so busy. They're just like, well, you know, if the mayor or the governor, whoever the fuck hasn't seen this, then, you know maybe that other person is lying, right? It gives an air of plausible deniability to what people are saying because you don't want to have to, you, A, you don't want to have to believe it because then it fundamentally changes your own interactions with the world and it changes, you know, interactions that you might not have thought would have put anybody else in danger at the time. You realize, oh shit, things that I've done have put people in harm's way, like has really put them at risk for something minor. And so people also don't want to grapple with that. But another part of this, too, is, right, the news cycle has nothing else to focus on. There's nothing else to focus on, right? COVID is COVID. It's going to continue to be COVID. And they can't talk about how reopening the economy is going to be bad because 98% of them are owned by Sinclair. So they can't even say anything. So now they're trying to cover this. And you're seeing news reporters get arrested on live TV. You're seeing them get shot with tear gas canisters, rubber bullets, all sorts of stuff. So you're seeing this brutality enacted on journalists. And this is something that you're told happens in countries that the U.S. wants to, you know, commit regime change on, even without evidence, right? This The things that we are being told happen everywhere else in the world are actively happening to us right now. And that is radically changing the way people are interacting with the systems they thought were great. Ali Fauci's been out there getting his ass beat and getting radicalized. <laughs> like he's been he's been taken and whooping. It's like, yeah, like the cop beat up that, you know, that Australian journalist. And Australia's not gonna do shit about that, but like you know, they at least made an they inquiry. Started an inquiry. They started an inquiry. I mean, it won't go anywhere, but their media is talking about it, and I believe that they've put not they, but like America has been put on the list of most dangerous places for press. In the yeah. world, and like to be fair, America always deserved to be on that list, especially <laughs> considering how it treats, uh, you know, whistleblowers, you know, journalists, etc. But like that's uh, something that wouldn't have happened, another, you know, a few years ago. Partially, that's this has to do with COVID nineteen. America's disastrous response to COVID nineteen, and then subsequently being a menace on the global scale in relation to it, has damaged our. As we talked about with Vincent Bevins, has damaged our, you know ability to act as the global hegemon and i think with these protests with the, like them being filmed and spread globally with like people becoming more and more aware of just how brutal america's police culture is like uh, you know honestly it's people were saying that again people were criticizing as not being explicitly anti-capitalist enough but i have a, i have to disagree because like if, if, if nothing else in combination with covid19 end up with america falling out of the place as the global hegemon i mean it's hard to think it's hard to think that if things continue this way america is going to be viewed as a bigger player on the global scale than china is in five six years and china just like i said china's shown leadership on covid and i think that's going to be a major thing here you still see u.s vassal states 
doing what they can to kind of kowtow to the U.S. and make sure that, you know, U.S. interests are uh, advanced. But, you're, you know, there was a German media outlet that was attacked. You had the Australian one. You're seeing U.S. journalists get shot on live TV and arrested on live TV. And that really is changing things. But you've also, you know, when we talk about these protests, I think they are inherently anti-capitalist by the nature of revolting against the system that is capitalism. But also, there's an incredible amount of conversation being had at a lot of these protests. There's an incredible amount of folks sharing not just the demands, but like really having deeper conversations. And you see it at rallies, you see it posted online, you see it in conversations. You know, these rallies have led to me having more conversations about communist theory and more recommendations and links to be sent out about, you know, from different writings from Marx and all kinds of different authors than I have in like the, than ever. Like it really is starting to spur a kind of real interest, yeah. a real mainstream interest in communist theory. The police and the ideological narratives that, that rationalize their need to exist are just infrastructure. And infrastructure by nature of what it is, is just invisible until it starts breaking down. And mm -hmm. the police are not breaking, or they are breaking down like physically and emotionally because they're, like, they're cops, so they're very soft. But like, you know, a ideological breakdown is being manufactured just by showing people like, hey, you know what? These people do not exist to enforce any law or morality that you recognize. It's like, yeah, usually with liberals and centrists, the law is one-to-one -one with whatever dumbass moral code their entitled brains have. But like when it comes to seeing like stuff like an old man being like knocked the fuck out by some like thick neck goon, it's so foreign and alien to like what people would normally consider to be like the role of the police that yeah, they, they like they wonder where the good guys are and then they realize like, oh, they like there aren't any. And you can only see so many of those videos until you realize that it's not just one bad apple. It's just the culture of the police. And a lot of that culture has been safeguarded by just pretending like they were only a danger to black people. But really, they're a danger to anyone who finds themselves on the wrong side of capital. They, 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 they arrested Jake Paul, Logan Paul's brother, after Logan Paul put out that video. It's like, you know, I, I hate to say it, but Logan Paul made a lot of good points about why he gets away with a lot of bullshit just because of white privilege. But the moment he decided to, uh, uh, you know, position himself and his brother positioned himself on the opposite side of that, they went to jail. Like, they, they got, they got yeah. charged. I just I think it's such an interesting juxtaposition too. And one of the things I want to talk about when we talk about anti-capitalist, uh, the anti-capitalist underpinnings, and we talk about cops acting to protect capital, one of the weirdest things that I think people, the capitalist class, has done to try to drive a wedge into this protest is ignoring black rage and saying, "Oh, all these, all the looting, all the rioting is just from white people," and it's not true, right? Black people, we like that's it's it's wild that I have to go out and that other black folks have to go out and defend black folks writing and be like, no, it's not just white people. We're not going to play this respectability politics kind of game. Like, how do you have respectability politics about a riot? We know what we're doing. We know what we're attacking. We're attacking capital and we're doing it's a strategic move. It's done to bring attention to things it's done because guess what if you're like all all of these companies are doing is extracting 
wealth from human beings. All they're doing is keeping people impoverished. All they're doing is keeping a boot on the community. And so the best way to start actually making an impact there, break into these motherfuckers, steal shit. It's okay. It is absolutely 100% ethical to steal and loot from a target. It is 100%. I wish... I wish that watch shop in New York had watches. I wish they got away with $4.6 million in watches. I would motherfucking celebrate. You know, I'm tired of seeing the white, white folks in particular, the capitalist class in general, really ignore the depths of black rage and the strategic uh, place that looting occupies in a movement like this. I know to that point, one of the things that I was kind of redeveloping recently was just piecing together that like sometimes talking to white people about race in general and some of this stuff is like talking to a toddler. And I was like, I didn't mean it necessarily pejoratively, but part of what I understood was is like the reason why I understand it that way is because that's when I was exposed and had to deal with and comprehend and, and relate to these experiences and understand them. And like that there's actually people that have reached adulthood and like reached uh, tiers of success without ever having to go any deeper than I don't see color and all lives matter. That's it. And not being confronted with it, like how the, how those impact other communities or how their actions or inactions impact other communities. And it's just now it, because of this confluence of events that they're able to kind of see it and recognize it. And I guess to your guys' point about the uh, anti-capitalist kind of aspect of it, there's, I guess, there's several different segments of, uh, you know, uh, unease coming together in these uh, events. It's, there's, you know, the, the kind of economic aspect of it, like you mentioned, 40 million people out of work. And so people are more inclined to go and participate in something like this, despite the, the kind of threat presented by the pandemic itself. And there's also a kind of a a realization moment among a lot of liberals that they should have been doing something and that they're going to struggle. Like they've already been dealing with Joe Biden and black community and like that aspect of it right before this. And then like seeing this, they realize, Oh, you know, the, the kind of dismissive attitude that Joe Biden and the Democrats had towards black people is really politically inconvenient in this moment. And so we have to kind of do a 180 on that. And so you have some of that and then you have the, uh, the kind of radical black rage that Dare was mentioning about like this has been going on for as as long as this country's been here and before and we keep hearing the same story over and over and over again about how we're working on it, we're gonna fix it, give us time, be polite, be sensible, be civil, do those things and then and then th change will come and it just doesn't come and there's just a, an eruption of black rage and it's like the overlap between those and then and the different uh segments within those factions about like how they think that should manifest as being kind of lost in the complexity is lost in the kind of simplification that we see and we're used to in most media and in particular as Adair points out with the the vandalism looting and like the violence and so you have he mentioned the Tacoma protest which I walked by the way, <laughs> and... <laughs> I <left. laughs> that shit looked like a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, kudos to the, the the students that put that together. Uh, they had there was skepticism among some of the older organizers in the community, and so kudos to those that put it together. Uh, I might have my own critiques, but I'll keep that to myself and at another place in time. But uh, like 
while there, one of the things that was apparent was this kind of difference in the crowds and the people that were there and the people that, uh, you know, were there to just pick a fight with the, the with the the larger movement that was there, like the kind of anti-protesters that we've seen pop up in various places. You mean the cops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cops. Brown shirts and the other vigilante groups that have popped up. Philly had, I know, a bunch of people wandering the streets with bats and shit. And so, like, there's... So Washington's there's, got Proud Boys. Tacoma had Proud Boys yeah. show up. Seattle's got Proud Boys showing up. Certainly elements of that. And then there was elements of, uh, you know, like, more radical, uh, like, kind of just black radical movements scattered throughout but predominantly in that particular moment in that particular protest was kind of the the white liberal let's keep things peaceful let's be nonviolent. violent let's, let's focus on that aspect of it and let's let's you know not not cause too much vote. conflict yeah vote like lots of that kind of rhetoric was coming out I and mean, so they're beating it, those it, people too yeah you know it's like it could have been it was definitely it had the potential to end up being one of those uh, you know cops kneeling with the protesters moments and like that was concerning but i just wanted to quickly also uh mention that there was other another protest going on further south in tacoma and uh I guess slightly east as well, but uh, like, and that protest <laughs> was, uh, well, you, and there knows what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, uh, the the that protest was very different in tone, and even though it wasn't even really, it didn't even really kind of start. It was more of a, it started as a memorial and kind of turned into an action. It was a very different tone. It was much more radical in nature, in like in the kind of rhetoric that was being that was going on. Although there was still some vote stuff going on as well, but and the the anger was much more palpable and it was the immediacy was very much more there and that was related to other killings that have happened in Tacoma which haven't gotten much attention Too recently within the last couple months yeah it was a uh, Manuel Ellis who uh, the cause of death was essentially uh, the same as George Floyd uh, a lack of oxygen due to the restraints and then there was uh, a another Benny Branch, who was shot, his family says was shot in the back five times, and the police in the investigation has yet to comment to uh, reports, which are extremely scarce. There's like four reports or something about this at all, mostly all from the date that it happened, and virtually no follow-up. Uh, but they don't, they don't even give an explanation for why he was shot at all. They just mentioned that there was an airsoft BB gun found on the scene, which you know, I'm sure the police put there, but uh, I just wanted to mention those things. No, they definitely put it there. But to Adair's point about the narrative that obscure, like black rage, that the property damage, that the you know whatever you want to call it, I'm not, I'm not here to mince words. The rioting, the looting, the property damage. I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, like that, it's all the result of outside agitators. You no know, white antifa. I think those narratives have always been around. You know, those narratives are as old as slavery are. You know, that's as draped mania. Oh, the abolitionists are teaching the slave you know how to read and you know really they're a docile people and they're just being agitated by you know outside whites because it can only come from outside whites or if you want to sort of gussy up your racism it's actually communist right you know this is exactly what putin want it's demeaning it's, it's derogatory it's stupid but like it's a, it's a way for people to like they've been doing for a while avoid having to actually deal with the contradictions present in their own ideology no deal with ism that comes from learning that that the police are just not there to protect people they're there to protect property 
you know, and I think well, the police that, like, are doing it too. I mean, you saw that that captain in New York was crying. Well, about and it. the police are police are breaking shit and lighting their own cars on fire, but it's to further the narrative. But people are realizing it, and people are not believing it. And even when things, even when they do believe it's not the police burning it, they don't give a shit because they're like, yeah, burn it. Like, like who cares? Like, I mean, a lot of people are are becoming fed up, and they should be. You know, honestly, you have a few people who are playing contrarian, a few people who are like, you know. Uh, coming out pro police out of some like uh you know just like boot licking or edgy it doesn't really matter where you get how you get to that position if you're not a millionaire you're a dumbass because like the, the, the cops aren't there to protect you and you're gonna feel stupid when they're like busting your supple ass skull open you know during the water rides because you asked for an extra glass you know like but like at this point it's you know they're like they're falling into the minority because people are like people are not having it anymore i think it, it's just you know i hate this sound kind of corny but it, it's sad you think about how many people at the at the police kill and how many like families are destroyed and devastated and again you know we talk about how covid19 is one big traumatic event that everyone's experiencing at one time that's largely brought on by like a lack of public infrastructure or like and even just like conception of what, what a society or what government is for and it's just like yeah like it's it, like these events happen to people all the time and like it's it's sad like it's sad to think about and people like people are fed up by it and by I, I i do want to talk about like the just vote people it feels like even that is waning i think obama swooped in and kind of scooped up however however many dumbasses could be confused into like thinking that he had a worthwhile opinion on this you know honestly i didn't want to hear from obama, Fuck obama I kind of too. ignored him i feel I'm like sure that appearance bombed I'm really sure comparatively to how he yeah. normally would perform no yeah i mean it feels like he came in had like you know I, I don't know i didn't watch it but he probably had to see jay-z jay-z or like will i am or like oprah on you know maybe a few like uh democratic party approved stamped black activists i don't know i don't, I don't have a problem with kamar bell but he seems like the kind of nigga who'd be on that kind of thing you know, <laughs> you know what i mean it's like i don't have a personal problem with him i you know it is what it is but like he seems like the kind of person who'd be in there like tony coates and he just say some shit about unlearning and navigating and like reteaching and just you know just this bullshit to like to like to grease the rubes minds but like you know yeah like though like he picked up the the low hanging fruit and kind of like ran away but like most other people like I don't think they're having it like it, and also just to Adair's point out the cops burning cars and do like you know instigating shit themselves it's like you know I think looking at to just before we start recording the people who like I mean the cops actively being caught lying about like how that man got injured even though it's on camera actually like you know is a pretty devastating thing it just basically confirms that yeah you can't trust police yeah i saw jake tapper retweet something calling out the lie and like jake hasn't been retweeting anything that's been good yeah, because, I mean, he never does. Like, you know, you can't rely on these people. You can't rely on brands, and you shouldn't rely on brands to, like, support these movements for anything other, you know, for to any reason other than, like, their bottom line. But it's positive to see that, like, hey, you know what? People are making these calculations about what side they need to fall on, and they're coming down, like, on the, hey— you know, we can't be seen on the wrong side of the yeah. issue, and that's just and that's just called changing public opinion. I'm surprised by Cha I'm surprised by Taffer, man. It's like that guy's got le yeah. he's got leather flavored toothpaste, man. <laughs> like, that guy. <laughs> the only people who are still defending the cops is, are like, is like Governor Cuomo and Mayor Bill De Blasio. Yep. Uh, we got Mayor Jenny Durkin out here in Seattle, bro. She's riding hard for the Amazon gay cops. You you guys have that the the outlaw woman? Is that who you guys have, who? or is that in L.A.? Outlaw, she's like the chief, oh, like a, a 
head officer, chief police, the shit she's been lying about has been crazy. Oh, we got a black lady who's been lying about a whole lot of shit. Who's yeah, it was the uh, chief of police out here. But the thing about Seattle is they pinkwash everything. They're like, our force is so gay, right? They've got a trans officer who's openly trans. And like, look at how how great we are. Like the police force in Seattle is is Amazon's private army. They work for um, Jeff Bezos. And they purposely pushed the protest into Capitol Hill so that they could have the confrontation there, hoping it would spiral out of control and damage a lot of the property there, like uh, upsetting public support for the the fucking people out protesting. It's, and the, it's so fucking transparent. For those of you who are not familiar with Seattle politics, Capitol Hill is quote-unquote historically, not really, um, gay neighborhood. It is the it is Seattle's predominant gay neighborhood. There are a lot of, it's very, it's super queer. And so the narrative that's being sought to be pushed in Seattle is black protesters riot in gay neighborhood to sow division between queer community and black folks even further, especially now that it's Pride Month. And there's definitely a class component, too, because it's predominantly... Oh, fucking yeah. What? It's Amazon gays. Yeah, exactly. It's, they hold... They're six-figure Amazon gays. That's it. The media has all their little tools because the media is not necessarily uh, conservative or liberal and in, in the classical sense, it's centrist. And so they know how to like sort of leverage narratives that appeal to you know the particular demographics they have to appeal to like they know how to condemn the you know they know how, they know how to condemn the protests or riots or looting without coming across as being like anti-black or being like you know uh bigoted or you simply do is like leverage a different you know minorities narrative and like and the only reason that works is because like you said people like are not taught to sort of put like the police in conversation this is or rather put stonewall in conversation with right. police brutality you know and that's that's been that's been sanitized yep. right that's been sanitized by uh you know corporations getting involved with pride much well, I think really important part of that is uh, you mentioned with uh, de Blasio and it exposes them and how they're completely beholden to their local police and that they like they can't function as a government without the police on their side. And so they just do whatever the police demand of them. So the, regardless of how like egregious the their violations get and it's uh, with de Blasio supposedly being one of the most progressive mayors in the country and seeing that relationship you described with the police is it just takes the mask off of the kind of relationship that they have politically between each other and their inability to do anything about it. And that which makes Minneapolis stand out in their their yeah. efforts which are is kind of also compounded by the huge hole that's been blown in local and state uh, governments because of covid but then also it shows the effectiveness of potentially doing something like burning down a police building because that's even more money they would have to spend to rebuild it so it makes sense to just not do that well local and state governments have been fucking uh going through austerity for decades yeah. yep Local state services, schools, roads, etc., have had their budgets cut in favor of austerity programs just since the nineties, since the eighties, since first. What was it? LA is LA is now fifty five percent of their local budget is going to the police. Yeah, and I mean, and while the budget for everything from schools to housing to you know homeless services has been cut, the budget for the police have has ballooned, and right, and like, and now, and honestly, now people are seeing what they're getting for their money. Right. You know, like now, like now people are seeing what like the money that could have gone towards making sure people like, you know, poor kids had food, making sure. Fuck that doctors aren't wearing garbage bags, that doctors aren't wearing garbage bags. It's 55 single instances of a full PPE outfit for a first responder in the medical field 
versus one riot kit. Yeah, and even if you want to argue, even price. if you want to argue about like the the different types of equipment and like the production and like manufacturing aspect, they literally have gas masks. They're all wearing fucking yeah. gas masks, N95 respirators essentially, or N99s even. And so like those would be incredibly helpful had they just given them to the doctors, but then they wouldn't have any way to tear gas the protesters. Oh gosh. Right. When you're gassing a pregnant woman, you wouldn't want to get any of that blowback on yourself. They're, that they're could be getting to the point where they're using they're using canisters that are older than the protesters. They're running out of they're using canisters that are so old they're out of versus and those old canisters you're not supposed to use because they can uh, they can, can become cyanide poisoning. Yeah, well the the chemicals will break down after so they all have a half life so and so it changes the reaction that takes place when they're fired. I mean, yes. and also speaking of cops lying, speaking of cops lying, they're saying that they're not using tear gas. They're you, they're just using smoke grenades. It's like you know, like like there are videos grenades with eye irritants. <laughs> because we know chemical weapons are banned in war, and America is one of the only countries in the world to use chemical weapons on its own citizens as a routine part of policing. Uh, you know, but now they're saying no, you know, no, it wasn't a tear gas. It was actually just dry ice. It was a dry ice machine. We were doing a, a haunted house up the road, and we just had a little bit extra, and we thought that you know the protesters might appreciate a spooky environment. Maybe we were going to reenact thriller. Who knows? And it's just like no one's believing this anymore. Like the police, but the, the police are routinely allowed like because people like de blasio because people like cuomo cover for them all the time to insult the intelligence of the general public with their lack of respect for the law and lack of respect for even appearing like they follow the law because uh, people were half paying attention to it because again it was easy to cordon this off as an ethnic problem the police were just the police rather people were allowed to believe that the police were just beating and brutalizing black people you know, and like that's fucked up that they would be uh, willing to allow that. We can all agree that it's fucked up that people would be willing to allow that. People allow the military to fuck up uh, the global south. You know, now they're seeing it's not just the police. It's not just black people. It's them as well. And that the police are willing to lie and cheat and steal to cover their own tracks. And, you know, honest. And I, I mentioned the, you know, the the element of the foreign policy here because like a lot of this now that the conversation about the military being brought in is becoming part of the equation people are seeing just you know in a more stark example than just like excess military equipment being used to like buy police forces they're seeing a more stark example of like oh here's why you can't just ignore foreign policy under the auspices that it's a problem for people over there and it won't ever become a domestic problem because eventually people like donald trump they just bring in the military to quash rebellion they bring in the same private contractors that are committing war crimes in iraq and afghanistan to police the streets of yeah. dc and you know it's not just the it's not just the black neighborhoods it's not just the middle east anymore it's, it's everyone all the time Right, and I mean, like this is this is going on. At the Gothamist just released the Mount Vernon security tapes, where they caught police mm. literally admitting to framing people, and DAs knew about it and did nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, like this is coming out the same fucking time that all this is going on, and I, like it's not getting anywhere. You know, just from a self-preservation standpoint, I'm like a leftist standpoint. These police forces are out of control, and you would think at the municipal level, you would have actors and politicians who would be like, this is just too much power to have in the hands of a police, an unaccountable police force that are essentially is a roving gang of psychos, and we're going to use this opportunity right now where the public eye is on us to actually take away some of this power because it doesn't benefit us for them to have it either. We talk about people lacking analysis of class and lacking analysis of capital, but this also benefits us in some senses too because, like, yeah, we know the police 
uh, protect capital. Like we know that they're there just to make sure that like the social order is explicitly enforced the way it is. But for everybody else, it's like they don't understand why the police have to be this way. And liberals don't think that the police exist to like make sure that the that the Burger King investors have a good return on investment every quarter. It's like we know that, but they just think that they're there to make sure like rapists and murderers get caught. And like yeah, like they're waking up to this this reality of like well then what are the police actually for right and then that's where again the the capitalist anti-capitalist narrative has to be there to fill in that 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 gap in their liberals really like rules and they like evidence and when they're seeing evidence of these people breaking the rules it's it's creating a conflict in them cognitively that doesn't fit into their worldview meritocracy kind of worldview that the people that are getting beat deserve it or earned it or whatever and it's not just this other marginalized community that while i i hope it stops happening to them i'm not going to actually do anything to stop it because it's never going to happen to me but it's like the idea that it well i can't just hope it's not going to happen to me i have to actually do something to make sure that it doesn't happen to me and it gets the it, it's caused some motivation and they're still trapped within their you know peace framework follow the process, vote, do those types of things in some ways. But every, like the pro the issue for capital for the, the governments is that they can't, can, they can't address the protests in any other way than to continually provide more fuel for why people are protesting is like the, they can't go more than 24 hours without giving people another reason to go out into the streets. And so like, they don't have enough time for them to die down. They thought that they were going to be able to pl placate people with, you know, finally arresting the rest of the officers involved in George Floyd. But it's like, no, people have found out about 10 more situations since right. then. Yeah. Breonna Taylor, what about her? <laughs> so within that, though, just because I want to address a couple of things, uh, one of the ones, one of the big things I want to address is, <clears throat> right, when we talk about thinking about local, effect, uh, local electeds saying, hey, this is a lot of money for an unaccountable police force. The thing that a lot of people don't realize who don't live in a big city and who are not actively engaged in the politics of what's going on there, the police chief holds more power than the mayor. Like That's something that people really don't understand. The police chiefs in a lot of these cities hold an inordinate amount of power. The police department as a whole holds an inordinate amount of power and they continue and they wield that against every elected official and it's something that we see consistently and something that we're going to continue to see but they also liberals when you know when richard brings up liberals liking rules and data i'm a mathematician i love rules i need like i have a very hard time operating in my personal life without clearly defined rules for every relationship that i have otherwise it causes me a great deal of anxiety I love data. I love parsing through it. I love understanding and seeing what's going on. You must hate this show then. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of rules. But, I will say, though, I don't think Richard is correct that liberals like rules. Yeah. And this goes back to your earlier point there, though. Like, liberals think they like rules because some people are allowed to live their lives in a way that never contradict capitalism right. or right. never mm -hmm. require to sacrifice for capital or or 
they, at least at the moment, are not being sacrificed on the altar of capital. Liberals don't right, like and when, and when they, someone does get sacrificed, they can make it up to a bad choice. Like liberals actually don't like rules at all. That's why they. That's why they. As soon as like they start losing, they just want to call in the military or like or or do a coup or some shit. Or, like 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 liberals like once the rules become discordant with their like, with their moral code, they just have tantrums. Like that's just like the centrist mentality. And so again, that can be weaponized by the left to cause a schism between you know centrist in the police because like, yeah. like they don't like they don't want to follow the law like like centrists smoke weed all the time but still think that like black people should or rather still accept black people going to jail for it but like once they start realizing like oh no like this is a bigger issue than just that like it becomes a little bit harder but i'm sorry for you know, it's ahead. just it's like when we talk about that too like they don't care and they, they really don't care about data right they care about things that protect their comfort so what they do and what a lot of and this is true of liberals, of conservatives, of most Americans, period, especially when we start looking at things outside of the country, is they really go through and cherry pick things and then twist it around so that it looks to be something that it's not. They create data. They create reasons why what's happening is okay. There's a reason why they feel it's acceptable for there to be tons of cops in black schools, like the one I went to in high school, right? But if you see a single cop at a white school, well, then, you know, this is this is an unfair learning environment for little Timmy. He's got a very, you know, weak constitution. The sight of a police officer might make him shit his pants. He, he's going to be an, a columnist one day. <laughs> and they're like, you know, and you see, you see, even with, and I'll never forget this, right? You see it among in things like psychology. And so a lot of the times schools will call in like a psychologist and be like, well, is this an okay environment? And so psychology has said that it's acceptable to beat black children because there's a cultural basis and it causes absolutely zero mental health uh, impacts, which is false. But if you so much as raise your voice as a white child, they can develop a litany of uh, mental health issues from an early age. And so they use this kind of flawed science, they use this kind of flawed data to go in and justify being just as racist as they always have been because it makes their life easier. It's a lot harder when you have to, you know, be good at something in order to be recognized. Yeah, I mean, I was reading today in terms of data, I was seeing, uh, I think it was a nurse talking about the high rate of um, mother mortality rates when giving birth, because partly because the data says that black women experience pain at lower rates than white women, and so they're treated worse in that situation we're told the medical books say that black people will have a hot much higher pain tolerance than anybody else which is not right true. well i mean the media is saying that that black people like getting their ass kicked <laughs> by the police they're docile the only people who have problems with are, are white antifa you know and russians and i will say like and and russians and i will say honestly like you know that narrative is not just being promoted by like white people that narrative that like it's just outside infiltrators causing black people to have like slave rebellions are also being you know put are being put forth like liberal black pundits and like and it's easy to understand why because liberal black pundits have like their viability in liberal white liberal spaces defined by their ability to like co-op and pretend to embody the totality of black experiences and be able to launder it you know into a more acceptable petite bourgeoisie white liberal framework i mean that's what that's what fucking deray does he's the black activist that pushes capitalism friendly anti-racism like that like that's his grift the black pundit class were more than happy to engage in this narrative of like it was just you know russians stoking these fires because you know otherwise how do you explain why they didn't see this coming you know how do you explain like their position at these you know outlets that these outlets that in many ways perpetuate the same structures or did a lot to protect the cops because they benefit from the same system that the cops are there to actually protect yeah i mean the fbi is literally questioning protesters who are being detained about whether or not they have ties to communism today no the specific questions they're asking is are you anti-fascist 
which is inherently a communist position. I what think. do you I mean? What do you say? Like, no, no I'm a fascist. What you should say, if, what you should say, if you're listening to this and you ever end up in that uh, position, is I is I invoke my Fifth Amendment right. Is what the fuck you should say. Like, Just don't yes. say anything. You mean don't shout fuck 12 at them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can shout that too, right? There's a Supreme Court case. As long as what you're saying is not a clear and present danger, they cannot arrest or detain you for any use of verbiage that you want. But in these situations, because we know what a fascist state this is, it's best just to say, I'm invoking my Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and shut the fuck up. I mean, up. it doesn't even matter what you say, right? It doesn't really even matter what you say to them because, like, it, it sounds silly, but, like, they might just beat your ass anyway. Oh, no, right. they'll definitely beat your ass, but at least this way you're not giving them extra ammunition to continue doing it. Like, but that's really what it is. Like, you, like honestly, like... It sounds silly, but when they teach you how to like to actually engage with the police, like they teach you like how to engage with a wild fucking animal. It's like always make eye contact, don't make any sudden moves, make sure you speak slowly and like with single syllable words. Why should my engagement with someone ostensibly there to protect and serve society? You know, again, that's like the like their like you know how they're sold. Like, how come I have to act as though like I'm being confronted with a fucking like rabid dog? Why can't we just talk like adults? Like, you know, how did we get to this point where like uh, citizens have to manage their actions around the paranoia of like roided up police officers and that it's not just assumed that it's the officers, you know, first and foremost job to like protect citizenry instead it's their first and foremost job to protect themselves and make sure that they know like, that they never feel as though they're in any sort of danger either emotionally or physically yeah no i just wanted to complain real quickly just uh, kind of to your point about dealing with the rabid dogs when talking with the police that there's like this kind of and it feeds into the civility argument as well as just that like there's no, there's no moral or social obligation for white people to treat the rest of humanity like humans, but there is an expectation for anybody that is going to request or demand their humanity be recognized, be as like morally, be basically perfect and maintain a polite demeanor while interacting with the person that is like directly oppressing them or in the case of the police, like literally beating the shit out of them. You're still supposed to be calling them sir while they're whooping your ass. I just keep thinking back to seeing all these cops and seeing all these faces. All I keep thinking back to too is like I went through and tallied like who I knew growing up, who I knew as a kid, and especially in high school, ended up being a cop. And it's all the dumb fucking bullies. Like it's all these fucking meatheads who are roided out, who have no way to express their aggression, even when they were kids, who chose this line of work. And, you know, then I started looking into this. <laughs> there was this suit in 2000 where this person sued to be allowed into the police because they scored too high on an IQ test and the cops only take low to middling levels of IQ test results because they don't want to spend all the money training people and then have them leave when they get bored because they're too smart for the job. And the guy lost his lawsuit because even though he was saying it was discriminatory that high IQ people aren't hired, he lost his lawsuit. And it just speaks like you look at these fucking thug faces on television. I mean, these guys are fucking gleeful as they're beating people. And they're, it's, it speaks to who the constituency of Trump supporters are mirrored right there in the law enforcement. These guys think that they're under some sort of attack by people standing in their face and saying, arms up, don't shoot. I can't breathe. 
like or even fuck 12 and they think that they're under personal attack and need to respond with massive amounts of violence and then they get off on it and you know there's a psychological thing there that it's just it's incomprehensible to so many people until they're seeing it on their screen all the time yeah, I saw a guy yelling from his apartment at cops down on the road, and they sprayed him yeah. on a second-floor apartment in his home. Like It's incomprehensible to some people, even when they see it, up until a point where like they literally experience it. But I think here's the thing. A lot of more people are becoming aware that the, the only reason they didn't yeah. experience it was just because of their positionality. You don't even need to be directly attacking capital. You just need to be attacking the ways in which it disguises its, its priorities, and they'll treat you the same. Yeah, it's inherently dis- <laughs> like, you, like, you, like, I was going to say it's inherently yeah. disruptive to capital that that is apparent people have seen enough violence from cops over the last few weeks where it's like yeah they don't have the political imagination to think outside of the current justice system which is incredibly punitive which we know does not work but like if they just see enough cops like beating the shit out of people for no reason it's just like it doesn't matter if they can imagine something else they just like know that they can't very few things are worse than this Right, like if you, like it's, I mean, you can manipulate the lesser of two evils mm-hmm. against people at certain points. Like people yeah. just don't want to see like cops beating the shit out of old people all day. Like, like, like they, they, they just don't want that, and they will actually capitulate. To, okay, well, yeah, you know what? Maybe we have to defund them. The, again, the danger there is like that energy being rerouted to like into meaningless reforms that don't work. Right, you know, deray. Right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Didn't Minnesota have? Didn't Minnesota have uh, five of the set of his eight points already in, enacted? The, the police don't follow the rules. It's right. like so. It doesn't matter how many points. Like, like the only thing that works is defunding them, reducing their numbers, and like giving them incredible amounts of oversight in the short term and in the long term, working towards like uh, a broad scale structural reforms that like make crime less likely. Like our our criminal justice system and our theory of criminality in society is incredibly incredibly reactionary we essentially think that people just go out and commit crimes because they want to well the thing that i worry about is that's like the dominant i mean it's real quick that's like the dominant understanding of why crime Mm -hmm. happens in society like that people have moral and intellectual failures that make them commit crimes they go out and become the the joker yeah that the idea that material that people are forced to commit crimes due to their material conditions and material deprivation is completely foreign to people in favor of like, well, you know, you just have you just have a few bad people. But like again, the idea that crime is being committed because you have like a few people with moral intellectual failures also reflects in why people think that the cops are just a few bad apples. Correct. It's like it's a lack of being able to think systemically. And that's the thing that's worrying me is like I keep thinking about all right, we're going to defund the police, we're going to get rid of them, which we absolutely need to do. But what happens next? Is it the exact same thing when they removed all the bathists from Iraq? You know, are we just going to see like all these guys go join Rampart up in the the up where you guys live? I mean, people are cowards, though, right? Right. Like, like, you know, like why they do this is because they have the veil of legitimacy that the badge comes with. It's like because they're allowed to beat people without any kind of accountability. If they just wanted to like be in street fights, they could be in street. Oh, I saw I saw a cop sucker punch someone like a woman was getting arrested and she punched this white cop twice and like that cop was clearly like you know like dazed or whatever but then a black cop from behind sucker punched her and i couldn't just help but think about like what his mama would say and do like if she saw that video like unacceptable man like he knows better like he knows he can't get away with that and he did it anyway and it was just like they literally 
they literally cannot help mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Like, I was under the impression when this first started that this was just like them like doing a victory lap and like showing how unaccountable they actually are. But like now that public opinion has shifted so radically and like places are actually talking and like working on not only defunding them, but literally just like dismantling them again, whether it ends with that, we don't know. But like that's actually on the table when it wouldn't have been seven, like seven, you know, months ago, much less. I mean, it would have been on the table seven weeks ago, much less seven months ago. Right. So like the fact that we're there and like they still can't go like a day without almost killing a scene a white senior citizen on television for simply and then not lying about it way fast enough and then lying about it is is in it, it's it's insane it's crazy it's like they they literally cannot help themselves like and like the whole world is watching as well like the whole world is watching them and like they can't help but like beat like beat the shit out of old people and i think till again people who fetishize that kind of violence people who fetishize laundering that kind of violence through legitimate channels they go like oh well you know they come up with infinite number of justifications for it but like that's not a lot of people it's like that's like a very specific like core brand of like incredibly technocratically minded like weirdos who are just like well as long as it ticks all these boxes as long as the gassing starts at, at seven o'clock it's not fascism <laughs> it's following the rules and it's just fucking like vox is on fire lately just, going. <laughs> yo, vox, yo vox is full of like maybe the dumbest people i've ever like, so ever stupid. had the displeasure of being forced to be exposed to there was that tweet the other day that that was just like watching cnn anchors try to grapple with what is happening it's like watching a fucking toddler figure out how to grip things for the first time and it's just like watching vox people is nothing like that because there's a certain majesty with watching like (laughs) you know immature people like finally like learn how to operate things mechanically it's like vox people are incredibly uh, like and again this is more i would argue this is typical of the pundit class vox people are incredibly incredibly uneducated and ignorant but also incredibly smug the, like they were on this anti-prison abolition kick today uh, you know like for whatever reason i don't know what the like, spur did say i guess because there's been a bunch of like articles about it in the wake of all the police beatings and shootings in the past week as there they probably be. got assigned to do an explainer and realized they had no fucking clue what it was. I, I wish that was what they they were like. Hey, you know what? I've gotten exi- I've been assigned to do an explainer on prison abolition. Uh, can anyone suggest any good sources? Instead, they just complained about the lack of nuance in the articles in the New York Times about prison abolition that they read, and they were in fact experts on it. And they just wished that people had wrote better articles about it. When it became very clear that they didn't know, even know what prison abolition was, they were just like, "I don't understand. Like, what are you going to do with murderers?" It's like I don't understand why the article I read in fucking mother jones of a publication that routinely prints that it's okay for homeless people to be (laughs) to die in the streets i don't understand why an article i read here doesn't have a nuanced interesting and well thought out take on prison abolition i don't understand i don't understand that though a prison abolitionist must not have an ant must have never thought about fucking murder (laughs) it's like prison abolitionist must have never considered that people will still commit crimes if like there is no law enforcement there they've just convinced themselves that this is like a smart 
thoughtful position to have instead of going, okay, yeah, but like you got to think about it. I'm not an expert in prison abolition I'm by any means, but I'm just like, well, there must have been somebody who thought right. of <laughs> There must have been somebody. And that's just it. It's this is white privilege that just assumes that if they don't know about it, then it can't possibly exist or be be knowledge that exists out there. And it, it's constant, whether it's in, like, whether it was police reform, you know, five, ten years ago for Ursin and before, whether it's, you know, abolition now, whether it's just, uh, you know, race uh, relations in general or, you know, Martin Luther King's Jr.'s history, all these different types of things. They're just like, well, if I didn't know that, then nobody must have known that, right? And it's like, <laughs> no. There's been people shouting this shit at you for fucking decades. It's like, what blows my mind is that, like, something like that is like, a lot of these arguments that are coming up from the liberals that are discovering that there's something to their left are arguments that not only have they been already, like, handled and, and dismissed or, like, you know, systematically destroyed as as a form as like a substantive argument it's already gotten to the point where like there's been a generation since people had already gotten bored and frustrated with confronting that that argument coming up consistently without the people having been made aware that that argument right. has already been debunked. Like that was fucking 60 years ago Martin Luther King was tired of that shit. Like, and that's fine. It's fine to need to be informed. The problem is not and I, I don't want to defend I'm yeah, I might just be in a defend whitey mood since I watched all those uh, stern Europeans <laughs> burn, burn down, down American buildings. Obviously, they have their own issue with racism, but you can't. I mean, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not. I'm not purity politics. You know, you, you bomb an American embassy. You know, I, I, we can talk. You know, you can't say the. You can't say. I'll put it this way. You can't say the N word, but you're my N word. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, yeah, like, I think this even goes beyond white privilege. This is just like a, a mindset that's cultivated in like a certain brand of like centrists that like believe and that they have the capability because the media exists to coddle their ego. The media exists to coddle their ego and coddle the belief in them that they are capable of understanding anything if they just simply think hard enough about it by nature of like how smart they are. And in this case, their smartness is usually just a code for like, they went to the right schools and they went to, you know, they operated in the right circles long, long enough and they were born in the right zip code. So just like, you know, class coded shit essentially that if they just think hard enough about it, they can discern like anything by itself. Like they can simply just become experts because their brain is strong enough to like understand like all the nuances of every argument just by like he like hearing the name prison abolition. But like what every what, what trap everyone falls into is they go, Oh, well I thought it was essentially libertarian voluntarism and they just go like, Oh, I thought you meant we were gonna get rid of all law enforcement and the state wouldn't <laughs> have a monopoly on violence anymore. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> well then you don't know anything about prison abolition and you thought that you did because of the name and we can quibble about whether the name is misleading i guess but like you're an adult yeah <laughs> like you're an adult my man <laughs> it's just like if you tell me like that you thought you knew everything about something just because of the name of it i would tell you okay well did you not hear like don't judge a book by its cover you, you know when you were a child i don't i don't consider that to be a real argument from adults you can't be treated like a, a mature intellectual adult after you've been exposed as, as doing that but i can concede at broadly speaking that like it might be named poorly i just wouldn't concede you to be like to be a real thinker like i mean if that's fair it's like okay yeah maybe like if i want to teach it to like the broad public okay then they should that should name it better but i didn't name it and i've explained the naming convention like you know it's about long-term ideal of getting rid of like the institution of prisons which have a very specific you know 
function, which is punishment, uh, protecting capital, etc. Not like getting rid of law enforcement, <laughs> not getting rid of the enforcement of like laws in some sense. And so, like, I mean, yeah, you can be confused, I guess. But like the moment you position yourself as an expert on it and then it comes out, oh, you you just thought about it real hard and got confused. I'm just like, OK, well, then I'm sorry, man. <laughs> like maybe Vox yeah, shouldn't be explaining just... things. Too long, the ignorance has been celebrated and coddled and, like, welcomed and, like, considered reasonable. And even when it's accompanied with, like, aggression and, like, certitude in that, like, well, you guys need to try, you guys need to be more peaceful in your protests if you want anything to happen. You need to be nicer to your white allies if you want them to join your cause. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I mean, you, you say that, and then it's like, you just ask them, it's like, oh, so, so, uh, what should we do differently, and how will that be different than uh, what's happening? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. it's like, you should stop doing what you're doing, but I have no better idea for you. Just stop doing that because it bothers me. And it's like, oh, well, then it must be fucking working. They're beating veterans with ptsd and like conservatives have like convinced themselves like yeah these cops are beating veterans and like to own the left it's like what (laughs) and then they go full goldfish brain when it comes to like how like oh how is rioting gonna solve anything it's like for thousands of years we've understood the basic principle that if you riot then your government fucking realizes they have to do something like that is a very basic connection that we've known for a very long time People have got people have had that stolen from them, like, but they don't teach they don't teach that to Americans. They don't teach that like the Civil Rights Act was passed seven day after seven right. days of rioting or six days of rioting. That's not a, a common known fact. Instead, they teach that like Martha King Jr. acts nicely and Linda B. Johnson signed it, and like then like he died of I don't know or rather like he went where the the elves went at the end of fucking Lord of the Rings. I don't, maybe he wasn't assassinated. I, I don't know. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. That's <laughs> long as hell. But like you know, like the idea that like the idea that like. It what got it solved was either violence or the potentiality for violence, you know, and also the potentiality for disruption of capital is like it's lost. It's lost on people. But like, I mean, that's fine. It just turns out that like people weren't going to get out into the streets for something as complex as, you know, class issues, because that's been just systematically systematically dismantled from their minds. But like liberal media has in many ways taught them that like you you can't just be killing black people in the streets maybe like the sanders movement should have leveraged that a little bit better i mean i at the time i wouldn't have said it would right. work but here we are you know you know like like, yeah, like sanders I mean, has been entirely ineffective on this too which is a funny thing i don't hear a lot of the bernie left i mean honestly i don't speaking up at all I saw an angry tweet about him yeah, was just, wanting to increase funding or something. That's yeah, he, he's treating right. cops like they're fucking workers. They're not. Sanders, Sanders, honestly, Sanders and and even like Biden and Obama and all of the other presidential primary candidates are so far out of my like mind right now because we're doing actual we're doing actual things <laughs> right now and electoralism is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's, it's like Sanders. <sighs> I haven't heard that name in years. It's just like, like, you know, like, like we're doing real, we're doing real shit now. I like, go, no, like we don't have time to play play games. You know, we don't have time to play games with like electoralism. We don't have time to play games with like trying to overcome like the institutional barriers of the media and get them to give like I don't know good op ed coverage so you can like get like one more vote in like a, a demographic that is meaningless. Right, like we're like we've been able to get more concessions from the police, at least more stuff on the table, just by rioting essentially. And I mean that's a powerful lesson, and I mean it's Agreed. one that what people would take into take into uh, into consideration, and and just you know, and just sort of really appreciate that like once you have people in the streets, 
you can right. work on directing them <laughs> afterward. Mm -hmm. Once you've been able to manufacture that schism between centrists or just generally indoctrinate people's brains and like the underlying hegemonic ideology of America, like you can right. figure things out. You can teach them theory afterwards, but like you need to be able to like get them in the streets and like, and like, and honestly, give them a shock to their system. And, and the thing yeah. is, is like I, I saw, I saw Ralph Nader make a, what I thought was a good point, which is like you know, Reverend Barber has been doing marches across the country with a lot of fucking people for the Poor People's Campaign, and he's been doing a wonderful job of that. But the media has been doing nothing; they have not covered that once because those have been largely peaceful protests. And yeah. They'll let him on, but they never show like the the well organized protests that he does. Right. Continue. Yeah, exactly. And so Nader's like, you know, you gotta riot. You have to have bedlam, otherwise, no one's gonna fucking pay attention to you now. Well, I mean, to be honest, Stokely Carmichael, I, I believe it's Stokely Carmichael, uh, Richard. If anyone on the show knows, mm -hmm. it's you. Like, I mean, there. I read this uh, quote by I believe Stokely Carmichael a while ago, uh, and it was about Martin King Jr. And it was about you know. Uh, nonviolent protest and like mm -hmm. and and it flipped the springs a bell. Please feel free to interrupt me. And he's just like you know towards the end of Martin King Jr.'s life, it's like the media, the white you know power structure, the capitalist power structure, like they started to understand that how you deal with him. Like if he's just going to protest nonviolently, you just don't show it to people. I mean, when I think of uh, when I think of him, I think of the. Uh, the U.S. has no conscience, and yeah. the, that was his critique of MLK's movement. Was that the assumption that Martin made was that the if you if people see the suffering, that they'll have a an emotional moral obligation to to do something, and that but that presumes a consciousness or a conscience that the U.S. simply doesn't have, and that's being evidenced every day in the the footage that we're seeing from the the police and the large segment of the population that is, you know, basically sounds like a bunch of domestic abusers saying, well, you know, if, they, if that old man moved out of their way quicker, he wouldn't have gotten his ass beat or, you know, yeah, like, or sounds, whatever it is. crazy, though. Yeah, I mean, it was like the same thing happened to Upton Sinclair. I mean, he wrote The Jungle about the meatpacking industry to highlight the workers' conditions and to highlight, like, what the fuck was going on and say, like, oh, my God, look at these people suffering. And America didn't care except for the fact that, you know, they might have had some ground-up human meat, and that's what they were really concerned with. So rather than taking the workers' condition and workers' plight, they started things like the FTA to make sure that their food was unadulterated. They didn't really give a fuck about the worker conditions, and that's why he ran for office. Reminds me of a crude joke that John Oliver made about like rape in prisons and how people ignore it. But if like one out of every twelve donuts that you bought had been raped, you'd be pretty fucking upset. And yeah, it's just, like it just speaks to like the lack of concern and the, the Baldwin called you know white people moral monsters, and that's I mean, that's where I'm at personally for a lot of a lot of America. I'm with moral you. monsters with no conscience. One the one thing I want to add to this real quick is just that I think it all comes back to a fundamental thing that happened with you know the ransacking of this country and the genocide of indigenous folks the greatest trick that america pulled after that was simply convincing everybody that they had a shot to be wealthy and that has changed the mindset of a people you want to make a people docile promise them riches you want to make a people malleable to what you want so division and promise these people if you get enough people on your side say hey look you can become rich too and then find reasons find people to scapegoat and that's all america's happened but you're even you know you're getting people of color being told you can also be rich you can make sorry about the noise in the background that's my housemate's cat uh scratching at his post 
you can also be rich. And that's a big, big portion of what's going on in America and why so many people refuse to acknowledge things. And that's why you see things like the FDA coming around as opposed to any actual change. One more point I just wanted to add on that is just that, like, on the moral monster aspect is one of the reasons I come to that conclusion is constantly liberals and Democrats have told me that they know that the that the system's unfair, that this, these injustices are going on since, like, there's a video from, like, the 80s of... Uh, of a woman, Jane Elliott, I believe, uh, asking or, you know, putting the question to the audience saying, you know, stand up if you want to be treated like black people are in society. And none of the white people stood up because they knew 30 fucking years ago yeah. that this shit was unacceptable for them. But they just it's always been always and still is acceptable for these other groups of people that they're OK with the abuse happening. And it's like if you know about it. Then, like that—that's part of what makes you such a monstrous, so monstrous. It's like you've known this whole time, and you've done nothing, or or little to nothing. You voted for a Democrat who likely instigated, or you know, promoted a crime bill, helped lock up people, slave Not likely, labor, definitely, prison slaves. Definitely, like, yeah, definitely. it's just he'd like be, come the fuck like on. Being a, he, like, in, definitely, and if you want to like uh, dispute his role in that, he's definitely being in, uh, advised by Rahm Emanuel. Yep. Like, you know, Amy Klobuchar like, was being considered first fucking vice president. It, 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 as far as I know, she still as fuck is. Not that I care, because I'm not voting for him no matter who he makes his vice president. Right. It's, it's irrelevant to me. He might get me if he picked Asada Shakur, but continue. I mean, he might get me if he picks like, the robotic uh, remains of John Brown. 100%. But I mean, most Americans at some level have been conditioned to turn off their empathy. I mean, we can, we can talk about it in layers. We can talk about people who are being brutalized by the cops still supporting the military industrial complex. We can talk about people who don't see the connections between Black Lives Matters and the Palestinian, uh, the movement for Palestinian mm -hmm. freedom. Yep. It's like, yeah, you know, we, you can point to like white people not necessarily recognizing uh, the, the worth of black lives in the police state. But, you know, you can also point to like that, that same dynamic just existing generally for America and the global south. Right. I know plenty of like black people who like definitely agree that police shouldn't be beating the shit out of us. But like, you know, hey, like a, a happy to engage in a little bit of casual racism or casual Islamophobia. Right. And so like it, it behooves us to not sort of confuse like anti-blackness for the totality of racism or to sort of even assume that black that the sort of black experience makes someone an expert or inherently anti-racist but i mean i say all to say this like yeah you know we've all been made into monsters you know we've been taught to just view the world in little atomized slices did not see our not see our common humanity and not even see our stakes in the oppression of other people right and like i think one of the things that this police you know this uprising against the police is doing is shattering that illusion Right. And like, yeah, I can I can say it's you know, fucked up that people have to have the illusion shattered and that they can't just work entirely off of empathy. But that's not how it ever worked for anyone else. So, you know, at a certain point, you have to be able to. And I think it's important to articulate that, hey, the police are not just a problem for black people. You know, at the very least, they're killing other what they're killing white people at a at a level that higher than any other country. You know, even if you get rid of all the black people killed by the police, the police are still killing more white people than police in any other country do. Uh, I mean, in sort of the developed world, quote unquote, uh, the, the the very the opportunity cost, the, the amount of tax money that goes into settling all these police brutality cases is, you know, money that could go towards schools or money that could go towards like housing or shit just being paid to let cops beat the shit out of people without consequence. And at that local level, that actually does mean something because they don't have the federal ability to just print whatever the fuck they want. So their budgets are dictated to them. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not anti empathy. You know, I'm not anti like, you know, being able to like 
put yourself in the shoe of somebody who is suffering in a way that you can't even sort of comprehend. But I also don't necessarily think it's necessary when the truth is like a lot of this is the, the stakes for everyone are being obscured by an atomized understanding of how we exist in a society, which is just that uh, individuals in like in little bubbles. Right. You know, like it, it gets, it'd be great mm-hmm. if people wanted to abolish the police just because they killed black people. I'd love that. But like, you know, frankly, that's not even thinking systemically. It's just a bigger problem than that. Like, it's just it's it's a bigger problem. That, you know, uh, Standing Rock was a bigger problem than just like the the Native Americans wanting wanting to not have a ugly pipeline going through a sacred land. It's about like the environmental impact of that pipeline. And it, it's a very easy way to obscure the broad scale like impact of something by trying to ethnicize that story and yeah like you know to the liberal mind that seems like centering and really elevating and platforming like the you know the uh, the the real victim but it's also just like yeah but in some ways that's also like feeding into narrative that like we all exist in silos if that makes any sense yeah Mm -hmm. no that's definitely something i've been struggling with as well just in processing and like thinking about and seeing the actions in action uh, like the protests being at them and stuff is like uh you mentioned earlier about you know you can teach the people theory after that you get them in the streets and you can organize them after you get them in the streets and just kind of seeing that process taking place is something that uh you can't really simulate online or experience through watching historical stuff is like you just got to be there and doing it and to that point <coughs> one of the things that kind of comes to my mind is like i mentioned that you know people haven't done anything there is like there are like kind of simple but radical like ideas that can be out there it's like one of the things that this has put a stress on combined with COVID is that just the criminal justice system in general is they aren't able to process these arrests that they're making. And so they're just putting people in like holding yards for hours at a time and then releasing them or doing things like that. And so continuing to press and overwhelm the system in that way is something that white people can easily do. It's like there's according to Twitter and everything I see online, everything, there's easily a, a couple or several million white allies that really think something needs to be done. It's like you can just slowly and progressively escalate until the police arrest a million or two million or three million white people. And there's nothing the system can do to handle that. And the system breaks and they have to have some sort of radical change. And otherwise, the system collapses right. on, on its own weight. And so it's like there are ideas out there. And that's something that can be done relatively easily. And uh, like I said, there should easily be three million white people out there that are willing to, you know, get arrested in order to stop the police from murdering black people. That seems like a, a minimum, that seems like a low bar. To and there are about 11,000 people have been arrested so far. And, uh, and New York city just suspended habeas corpus because they can't process them fast enough. Yeah. I mean, apparently it is a low bar because people are actually taking to the streets. Like I said, you know, if you had told me that what was going to get people into the streets, like in th- th- this degree was going to be, you know, a police brutality case against a black person specifically, I would have told you like a seven seven weeks ago, like you're lying because like that happens yeah. all the time, you know. Like what like what right. like, what makes this different, you know? I think it's just the confluence of COVID nineteen and like the government just being a general letdown. So like faith in the government being at an all time low as well, right? And faith in the media also like dipping as well in some in some demographics. But like you know, it's. It's very, it's quite wild to happen. It's kind of, it's quite wild. See, I think we're going to continue being surprised by the concessions that are going to be made, just because we're not used to having victories. Yo, 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 yo,
Running in that way above 300 